The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lecture. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night wherever you are listening. And today, we are finally getting into the first of our official Legends coverage. Obviously, this game has completely reshaped how we can think of a Pokemon game. Like, for real, this is one of my top three Pokemon games of all time, right next to Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Sapphire. This game has given us exactly what we've wanted as a podcast. We've gotten new Pokemon, new areas, new cultures to go through, new characters to specify under. Uh, we've also gotten to prove what we've been talking about on this podcast for almost half a decade. Pokemon are scary. The Mon in Pokemon stands for monster, and we finally get a chance to show it. Uh, whenever you look at uh, some Pokemon in this game, like, if you haven't played it already, slight spoilers in this game, but nothing major, nothing story-wise, I promise. You, whenever something looks at you, you have a chance of it either running away from you, holding still and doing nothing, or charging at you, trying to cut you, crush you, electrocute you, peck you, poison you, burn you, drown you, or some combination of all of those. Some, again, will try and run away from you, and it's your job to try and sneak up on them, but in most cases, the Pokemon are not hiding in the tall grass anymore. Now, you're the one who has to hide from them. And in human history, this was how we lived most of our lives, if you really time it out. If you time out the millions of years that humans and our ancestors have been around and compare that to how little of time we've actually had, you know, knives and spears and, you know, machetes and what have you. Uh, we've actually been living in a world where most of the normal organisms could rip us to pieces or chase us away. So, what happened how were we able to claw our way up the food chain to become the number one how are we able to topple the alpha pokemon in our world today we are going to talk about how we went from prey items and hiders in the trees to the top hunters we're also going to talk about some of the methods we see in the game to avoid animal conflict and then we're going to talk about some real life ways to avoid wildlife attacks and wildlife encounters that could be relatively harmful to you and we're going to compare them to what you actually do in the game. We are not going to be spoiling any kind of story stuff here because I, I'm one of those people, I'm not done with the game yet because I'm literally just taking my time. I spent an entire night of gaming just looking for Pokemon to catch and finish up my list. I am so far from being done. Anywho, let's start with a little bit of human history. Our human and human-like ancestors roamed the Earth and have been roaming the Earth for between uh, some arguments put to two to three million years, give or take. And it also depends on who you categorize and which, where we start being the Homo sapien, Homo erectus, Homo, you know, the other different ones. I, I'm really bad at learning all of our ancestors. I probably should know them. But you could say that in the lifespan of most of our human and human-like ancestors, there were quote-unquote alpha Pokemon everywhere you looked. No matter what continent you walked to, sailed to, or settled in, there was just something there that saw you as either a threat to its territory or potential food. 
Uh, bears, lions, and other large predators had free range across most of the continents on Earth, and they were even bigger and tougher than they were today. Imagine the dangers and horrors of Florida, but now imagine a sloth so big that it eats avocados and crushes the pit like you crush a peanut. Or, personal favorite, the short-faced bear of North America. And when you say short-faced bear, it's like, oh, it's got a little little squat face. It might be, might be kind of cute. But uh, it weighed in at thought to be around 2,000 pounds or more and could stand between 12 to 15 feet tall on its hind legs. That is four meters up. It is, it well, it was a massive creature and it roamed the same world that we were in. They once found a mastodon bone that was broken with short-faced bear teeth marks in it. This bear potentially had the power to break an elephant's leg. And its own legs were supposedly long enough that it could maybe have run it over 30 miles an hour. Think about how that compares to all the videos and gameplay of Pokemon Legends where you literally look at something. It just sees you and it's able to just bolt at you and come after you. For our ancestors, we didn't go from naked and afraid to spears and clothes in a matter of weeks. The harsh reality of our history is that for a very long time, we were out in the open, and if we were out in the open long enough, a predator or some terrestrial herbivore would come after us and potentially end our lives or injure us. The only reason that humans survived at all was because while many of us were crushed or stabbed or hunted or chased off a cliff, uh, the ones that weren't were learning. That's what makes us the top species. We are not even the, we're not even close to the strongest primates, but the ability to transfer knowledge, not just to our neighbors, but also to our children, even without writing or reading, has saved us. It made us the top species we are today. To give you a cool example of what we think they might have done in the past, an experiment was done in the 80s who wanted to see how humans might have survived in a time where they didn't have stone tools. They suggested that thorns could have been used to ward off large predators like lions when waved, and they tested it with both wild and human-cared lions. When they had a piece of meat wrapped up in some thorns, and they had a little remote control that allowed it to be shaked, the lions would come up to it. Once it shook, they jumped back and they ran. They did not go near that meat. It is believed that they didn't go near the thorns because... To them, their natural instinct was to avoid sharp objects like porcupines and try not to get hurt because these animals are just something you adapted to in Africa. Humans survived by watching each of these animals and worked and learned how best to take them down or just to avoid them. We don't know if they used the thorn method. That is just something someone said, oh, maybe they could have done it. We do know that humans were smart enough to figure something out like that. Before we could get to the stone tools, we were smart enough to hide, learn their patterns, find ways to get around them, and eventually get to the going from rocks to knives to spears, and then eventually going even further to ranged weapons like slings or arrows. Over thousands of years of death and observation and death and observation, we took ourselves from the middle of the food chain all the way to the top. To this day, most of the super predators that were hunting us when we were smaller or the giant herbivores are gone, which is really, really sad. And to be honest, I don't believe we are the exact cause of their extinction, but the fact that we were able to hold our own certainly did not help their numbers. Now, what did that have to do with Pokemon? In Legends, you have to walk past a ton of wildlife that can rip you in half. They want you dead or gone. Uh, incidentally, the first one to me was Shinx. It's like the first one to everyone. You're just walking by the Bidoofs and they just look at you and they just don't care. 
But then you go to the Shinx and it's just chasing after you because it wants to electrocute you. Uh, keep in mind, even if you were to max out all your Pokemon to level 100 and you just walk over to that Shinx, yeah, remember, your Pokemon got stronger, not you. You didn't level up. You still have to avoid all of these organisms. It's the same way people should still be respectful of wildlife even when they have guns. They have the backup. You, the gun is the powerful one. You, in Pokemon, you're a 15-year-old with a cell phone plan with 5G service where the G stands for God. You got nothing. This thing can rip you apart. Anything in this game can rip you apart. Uh, I love that detail, though. That's such a good idea to put in the game where, unlike any typical RPG, you're not the one getting stronger. Your team is, and your team is going to back you up. Just because you have the muscular backup doesn't mean you got much stronger. It's kind of like that guy who pays a bunch of strong guys to protect him. Like, that guy's probably going to get weaker and weaker. The, the strong guys, once they're gone, he's done. There are plenty of ways, though, to avoid wild Pokemon in the game. It's not like you're going to get your bones crushed and sucked out, but... There are a couple ways that work better than others, though in the game, running away tends to be the safest way, but you can also yeet something at it. I prefer the mud balls, personally. Uh, you can also go the super ninja route and just smoke bomb and just get away from their vision, and that's another route to take. Uh, of all the options to have to avoid conflict, again, running away is the most effective in the game, but realistically, not so much. In real life, if you were to run away from something like a beautifly, You'd probably get away, to be honest. They're not very fast, and they're not really going to eat you. Although some butterflies have been known to drink blood or sweat. Hmm. For most of the other Pokemon, you could trigger a hunting mechanism for a lot of the predatory ones, or a chase it away and kill it sort of mentality for the herbivores. Running away from a predator has been shown to trigger these hunting instincts, and they will go after you. And for herbivores, like, say, a Stantler, they don't want to eat you. But all the resources in that area have to be protected for themselves. Think about it. They have to have their own specific territory because think of all the other Pokemon that are out there. Think of how limited the number of berries are and how limited the number of food might be in certain parts of Hisui. So of course they're gonna protect it and if they see some strange new animal that they've never really encountered too much before wandering in, yeah, they're gonna chase after you. And even if you run away, well, you still might get a hoof or an antler to the back. As far as throwing stuff goes, I mean, throwing stuff at animals can work in human life. I mean, let's be honest, it's humanity. The two things that make us really great is that we can think our way through our problems and we can throw and grab stuff. But throwing anything at an animal, you know, it has its ups and downsides. If you throw something that is, oh, I don't know, like something that damages their senses, like if you spray pepper spray at a bear, it's going to run and hide. If you throw mud at an animal and it hits its eyes, it's going to freak out a little bit, might not be able to see, but it could also very well get really angry and then hunt you down even more. There are some animals like tigers that have been known to hold a grudge. I really do not want you to try throwing stuff at wild animals. Don't do that. Uh, uh, the other thing that you can do, though, you can throw food at the animals to try and distract them. And don't do that, like, ever. Well, I'll talk about it a little more in a bit, but, like, animals like bears can have an amazing sense of smell. And if you so much as have any food on you, it could be the reason they're hunting you down in the first place. If you're throwing food to random animals, you're actively teaching them that they can come up to people and get food. So like, maybe you're safe. But everybody else who comes afterwards, maybe not so much. The final item I truly love, the thing I truly think is awesome in this game, 
it, the, the, the scatterbangs. Those are an item that are fantastic where you can just throw this item, makes a loud noise, and chases away weaker Pokemon. In the real world, if you had just like a flashbang or anything else like that, yeah, most animals are going to run away from that for dear life. Most animals have a natural instinct to avoid loud, sudden noises. Even humans do. When you hear a loud bang randomly of a car backfiring, you jump. You look to see where it comes from. That natural instinct has stayed with us, even after we've changed. Making noise is actually one of the pieces of advice that many wildlife parks give, so that way, if you're confronted by a random animal, you can usually chase it off. On that note, I do want to start wrapping things up a little bit and give you guys an idea of what you can do to avoid these sorts of attacks in the wild. I hope that a lot of you being nature lovers or loving the world around you understand that when you go out into nature, there are rules you need to follow. I'm going to go over about six of them. These six are rules that you should follow when going into nature, and I want to see if Pokemon follows them. So the number one rule, I want you guys, I'm going to give you like three seconds to guess. What is the number one rule for going out into the wild? Never go into nature alone. If you're just deciding, oh, I'm going to go hiking by myself, bye mom, bye dad, bye. Like it's just not going to work. You, you're, you're literally writing the beginning to the biography you're going to write after they fish you out of the river four days later. It is super, super dangerous to go in without telling anybody or just going in on your own. Now in Pokemon, yeah, you do have your Pokemon with you, but you should always go with another person. If you're hiking a trail and you're going alone, there's a good chance that even if you brought a dog with you, the dog's not going to be much help in this situation. Can you really trust your Typhlosion to administer first aid or pick up your cell phone and call for help? In Pokemon, I think it would be really cool if they had a co-op so someone could watch your six as you're moving along. While I was riding one of my Pokemon through the mire, I had... I was just minding my own business, and then I just see from the bottom screen this purple blob chasing me, and I got hit from the back of the head by a skunk tank. If I'd had a second person with me, I probably wouldn't have gotten horribly, horribly poisoned. And I kind of mentioned it with the first rule, but uh, rule number two, make sure you tell someone where you're going. Now, the Pokemon game does this really well. You go to uh, the gate, you tell them where you're going, you go to the base camp, they give you a mission, you follow that, perfect. That's what you're supposed to do. Everyone knows, okay, our protagonist went missing like an hour ago. He hasn't touched base with us with all the monsters he's caught. Let's go find him. You will normally be okay because people can always pick you up. Even if you black out, they tell you, oh yeah, our security team went and got you. We knew you were going to be okay. I think that's really cool that they put that in the game because while you're still going in alone, you'll at least have someone to pick you up when you've been run down by an Ursarang or whatever else you decided to try and catch and fail. Number three, this one's really important. If spotted, don't run. Back away slowly. In real life, like I said, running away is a surefire way to get the animal provoked and trigger a response. In Pokemon, our first instinct is to book it as fast as we can. In the game, it makes sense. Since if you do stop and like, oh, maybe I'll go away slowly. Then they fire a death beam at you from their mouth or they start chasing after you. Yeah, you're going to probably start running. But in reality, that would probably... It would be almost like the reverse. The Pokemon would see you and it would start growling or showing signs of trying to get rid of you and you would slowly back away. Remember, in nature, 
Organisms don't like to fight or use their strength because the strength can only be used at a certain amount. They don't have a grocery store to go stock up on energy. What they have is what they have, and it's going to be hard for them to find food. Unless they, you know, turn you into food. On the note of food, rule number four, always store your food where nothing can be seen or smelt. And to be honest, we kind of fail at that. We need to start complaining more about that bag guy also because he's charging you an arm and a leg to teach you how pockets work in your bag. It's ridiculous and I hate him. But imagine you're just going through the woods and picking up a whole bunch of random berries and mushrooms and dirt that animals might go after. And then you freak out like, oh my god, why is this Rhydon charging us? What is it going on? It's because you stored its favorite food in your bag without any kind of carrying it, dolt. I mean, to be honest, I do the same thing, but it's still, when you have food with you in a wildlife area, you want to make sure that it is always sealed, always eaten, and then always thrown away in a manner where an animal like a bear can't find it. There are some guides that tell you, hey, if you are eating in these clothes, you better take those clothes off and leave them outside. Do not even let the scent of food go into your tent in order to keep you safe. Because honestly, an animal can totally break through your tent and just start Sniffing away at your clothes. This can be a disaster waiting to happen. I think it would be kind of uh, like an overkill if you had to open a container and pull out the berries. But like in the game, I think it's really funny that you're being chased by all these Pokemon. Like, why are they after me? And your bag is literally full with like berries and grains and beans and mushrooms that they all literally write down. They like to eat this. Number five and one of my biggest rules ever. Don't feed wildlife. There are no jokes here. Don't do it. In the game, it's fine, but in reality, like, this is a huge problem. A lot of animal-related injuries and deaths have occurred because people decided that they wanted to get an up-close experience and feed an animal like a dog. They're not dogs. They're not domesticated. They are wild animals. At other way around, you'll actually be hurting them. A lot of people try feeding the squirrels around their area, like, oh, it's just a squirrel, it's fine. Yeah, but that squirrel is now ridiculously fat and unhealthy and is now attacking people to get food. I saw it at my university all the time and people laughed it off, but they're, they're not the one getting bit by a squirrel, so of course they're laughing. Don't feed wildlife. Don't do it. And finally, rule number six. Keep your distance. Yeah, in Pokemon we kind of don't do that much, but if you see a bear or a mountain lion in the distance or any number of wild animals, even a raccoon, don't just run up to it. It doesn't want a hug. Use your camera. Take a nice long distance shot of it. But do not run up to it or try and get close. You're not immortal. You're just human. And you could end up scaring that animal either away from its habitat or range, away from its young, or you could end up getting hurt. And I, I never want anyone to get hurt. Uh, the thing you could do in Pokemon to kind of um, replicate that Ditch the heavy balls and just go for the jet balls. Go for the blue ones that can go long distance. That would actually be really cool to see someone play the game only with that. Of like, okay, I don't want to get too close. And just snipe shot all the Pokemon they want to catch without them even knowing they were there. I would love to see that. Although, to be honest, I feel like someone would just in someone's probably going to invent a mod that just aimbots the back of every Pokemon's head. I mean, it's a single-player game, so I don't really care if you mod it. But that just seems to kind of take the fun out of it. And with all that said and done, there you have it. You have taken a great first step into not getting attacked by random wild animals. Now, to be honest, most of our listeners, you probably live in a major city or you probably live in an urban area. This is your chance if you want to go out into nature and actually see what the world has to offer. Just make sure you're safe. Nature can be scary. 
But nature can be beautiful. I love walking through the game and realizing, oh, look at all this natural, look at all these natural elements they put into the game. Look at the ecosystem they built. Pokemon built an ecosystem. I'm going to say that again. They built an ecosystem, and that is amazing to me. If you're going to go out, have a buddy, keep your distance, don't feed anything. And remember, literally everything in nature is bigger and better than you in surviving, but you're still pretty awesome yourself. All right, guys, that is going to be a wrap-up for this lecture. Hope you guys had a fantastic time listening. If you did, leave a review, leave a comment, find us on Twitter or Facebook or email. We always love to listen to you guys. We had some great suggestions recently. I will say, the someone who posted, give us an Oshawa, give us an Oshawa, we've actually had him a few times on this show. If you go back to our back catalog, we recently talked to him in the start about... We recently talked about him in our starter spitballing episode. Believe me, we've talked a lot about Oshawa. He's a good boy. We talk about him a lot. All right, guys. Hope you guys have a fantastic day or night. Hope to hear you guys in the next one. Peace.